pain is the greatest catalyst for change that we have, right? So you can either embrace that change or, and you can embrace that pain, or you can decide to not listen to it. And so for me, it got to a point to where that pain was so much for me physically and mentally that it was the catalyst for change for me. So I say that now to almost to like give people a warning because I wish someone told me that when I was 17 and 0, 18 and 0, 19 and 0, all those later fights that I probably should have just quit when my body and heart and soul were telling me to quit. But, you know, I was operating out of fear instead of listening to that pain. Like, oh, this pain is here for a reason. This pain is a catalyst for change. This pain is pushing me in a direction, right? Like it's telling me something and I just wasn't listening. And so now I'm trying to get so much better at listening to pain. When there's things that are causing me distress or pain or I don't have that alignment, that's like God, the universe, my body, it's telling me that something needs to change and I need to be the reason for that change. Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Ancient Health Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Bursich, and today's guest will not leave you without a smile and inspiration. I'm super excited to bring on a brother and sister that have tag teamed on not only an incredible business that's changing lives, but they're really, their story is what I love. They have each had their own path when it comes to their own health, but it's really been the driving factor behind their passion and their mission to serve other people. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Angie and Mike Lee. Thank you for being a part of this, for opening yourselves up and just sharing your time and kind of your journey with us. Yay. Yeah, Woo! Thanks for having us. <laughs> We're excited. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I don't know that I've ever interviewed siblings before. So, you know, we're just going to go with it. It's going to be a great, you know, conversation and fun time. But for those of you that aren't familiar with Angie and Mike, first of all, by the end of the show, hopefully as of right now, you're like looking them up to, to find them and follow them because I have been so encouraged and inspired by them for a long time. So we actually just are now meeting for the first time, but I kind of feel like I've had a window into your life for a while because you've documented everything, every hill, peak and valley in between, which I think just stands to to show the success, like, you know, what that really looks like. Because a lot of times we just see the success story on the back end, but we don't really see the process, like the grueling parts of the day-to-day that can beat us up a little bit. You know, it can, it can be hard to move forward. So Mike, I would love to know, because you have a very unique story and you come from professional boxing, um, injuries, uh, just a, a, a very unique perspective, but can you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience, kind of a little bit about who you are, what's brought you here today, like up until present day, what it is that makes you, you, and what really drives you, what gets you out of bed and gets you excited every day to change the world. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as you mentioned, I was a professional athlete for about 10 years. I had a long career. Um, I turned pro in, in 2010, right out of college. I got signed by top rank and my world kind of took off. It was a pretty wild ride. I had 22 pro fights. I got to fight in some of the biggest arenas and, and stadiums in the country and the world. 
was a dream come true for me. I, I won some titles. I, I fought for world title my last fight in the MGM Grand in front of a lot of people and had some wins, had some losses, a lot of ups and downs, as you mentioned, um, a lot of pain that came with that, which really was the birth of the, the CBD wellness company that Angie and I started because um, in 2013, I was about three years into my career. I was 12 and 0 undefeated. And I started getting really, really sick. My body started shutting down and I spent almost two years in and out of hospitals. We were trying to figure out what was wrong. And um, I ended up being diagnosed with autoimmune disease, but that was really just the beginning of my health journey. It was, uh, I had a lot of inflammation, my immune system shutting down, um, severe headaches, back injuries, just pretty much what could go wrong did go wrong. And from that, just really started diving into my own personal health and becoming my own doctor, because unfortunately my agent and my team at the time were sending me from doctor to doctor. And I felt really, really hopeless because so many people didn't have answers or the only answer they had was another prescription medication to the point where at one point I was on eight different medications. And that was one of the lowest parts of my time, lowest part, uh, times of my life rather to where I was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety and um, a lot of just issues that came along with that, that I know a lot of people are, are currently dealing with. And so for me to kind of claw my way out of that and get back into the ring and eventually get off of all of those medications and find all natural solutions to pain and my issues um, was massive for me and, and really the, the mission and birth of, of the company we created. And I ended up having nine more fights and finishing my career. And I retired uh, about two, two years ago, actually almost two and a half years ago. And um, now just kind of on a different mission, now trying to help people get out of pain and connect with people uh, on a different level. And it's, it's been a, a ride with a lot of ups and downs, but I truly do believe that all that pain is, uh, is a gift. It has given me a new perspective on life. And even though I still deal with pain today on a daily basis, I still deal with depression and um, anxiety and things that I've had for years and years, I do feel like I have a whole new set of tools to deal with them. And that gives me hope. And no matter what, when you're dealing with chronic pain, I think that hope is ultimately the strongest drug that you can have. And so um, I'm trying to instill hope in people. And that's what I hope to do for however long I'm on this planet. Yeah. And it sounds like you're just living that out. That's, you know, it's not like, okay, you're you know, end of your professional athletic career was the end of the assignment. It was right. really just a catalyst for you to realize there's something else here for me. There was something missing for me along the way that I needed to address. And now that I've landed on that and seen how even in real time, like, I think that's a really important point even to make that like, you're still dealing with stuff. Like you don't have it all figured out. You and your sister do an incredible job of, of really showing that like, Hey, we're walking and living in our purpose, but we also are still figuring that out. It's not like we just landed on it and have the script and now we can just move forward with it. It's like, well, that narrative is being written in real time. So I appreciate that about your story and that you're even, you know, that, that was a really important part of bringing you to where you are today, but it's really fueling something else, like an entirely different pivot in life. And now the opportunity before you is just immense. It's huge. That's the, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And I mean, that, that comes with this challenges too. Like for me, all I knew was being an athlete. And so that was my identity. And so 
it's still challenging to pivot from that identity. And I'm sure a lot of people listening who have dealt with changing careers, changing who they are, changing a relationship, it's very difficult. But when something doesn't serve you anymore, it's really important to get out of that. But with that comes a lot of pain. And so kind of understanding who I am and, and what I want to do and my purpose has definitely changed from a me, me, me as a professional athlete to other people. I have found energy and strength and passion in serving and helping other people. And um, yeah, I'm not out of it yet. I still deal with pain and I don't know if it'll ever go away, but it's really just about kind of managing it and having hope that you can help other people get out of pain. I think that's been my, uh, my North star, so to speak. Ooh, that's good. I like that. That's, I mean, even that, just that the picture of, you know, serving, being self-serving, right. That's what we think when we're like young adults and we just want to pick a career and we want to run with it. And we want to, you know, experience all the fruits of our labor, but then there does come a point where it's like, is this it? Is this all there is? And then you have to ask yourself, you know, what, what is my true calling? Like, what am I here for? There's something that's unique about me and my experience thus far that's going to help impact and change the world. So I love that. That's, that's an incredible picture. And I just love the story of how it just keeps, it keeps unfolding. So Angie, I would love to bring you in on this, how same, you know, similar journey in the sense that, I mean, you've been in an entrepreneurial space where you've been inspiring other young women. I have been, like I said, following you for a number of years and I've loved what you've been able to contribute in terms of how do we start to step into our own uniqueness? Like how do we, how do you live in a culture that really wants to feed you a mold? They want you to fit an algorithm and a box, but how do you create uniqueness and kind of this genuine picture of who you are? Like, how do you represent that? It's hard because there's just a lot that we're thrown that doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel real. Um, so I want to let you take the floor and kind of walk us through where you've been, because I think it'll just speak a a, such a strong testimony to the integrity of the work you guys are doing right now in the health field. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I went to, I'll give you guys the cliff notes. I went to college to be a dietitian. Well, I went for broadcast journalism and then dietetics. So I thought I'm going to get out and I'm going to be a dietitian. But while I was there, it, it just didn't feel right. I mean, school has always been extremely difficult for me. I've never wanted to color in the lines. I've never wanted to follow the rules. I've always been very creative and ADD. And I've always wanted to just be unboxable, as I say. I've, I've never wanted to really be put in this box. And so I, uh, I remember the day that I decided to quit college because I was literally responding to people. I started a health blog. I literally didn't know even how to blog. I didn't know how it would make money. I didn't, I didn't have any idea really what I was doing. This is back in 2009, 2010. So it wasn't like being a content creator or an influencer was really a, a hot career then. Now everybody, everybody wants to, to do it. But back then I was just bored and I was in chemistry class. And so I was responding to people on this blog spot and I was just sharing tips as a personal trainer on campus. I was sharing wellness tips and recipes and burpees and pushups and why you need to do burpees, like very, very cheesy <laughs> fitness stuff that I, I wouldn't put out now. But, you know, I was 19, 20 years old. I, that, that's what I was passionate about. And so I'm laughing because I remember some of it was like how to get a six pack this summer, you know? So <laughs> I just started creating content about what I was passionate about, which was was wellness. And it it slowly started to become something more than I anticipated. And I, I at the time, I really wasn't making a lot. I would make 20 bucks here and there from a, a little ebook or a coaching course or 
a granola brand would be like, Hey, can we be on your site? Or can you share about us on social? And I didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew that I wanted to see if I could take it somewhere. And I wanted to create a job that wasn't me working 80 hours a week, making crap money as a, as a, as a, you know, a dietitian or a broadcast journalist. And it really was, was just this kind of this moment of I'm out of here. I I just got to go fly. I don't know where I'm going, but I know it's going to be better than sitting in this classroom and I'm failing all of these classes anyway. So I might as well leave. So I quit and I went all in on building my, my online community. I've always been really obsessed with community first and then product second. And with that has come events starting Soul with Mike, a large part of my community now. They're super fans of Soul. They love it. They've watched the journey of it starting from you know my, my LA apartment. And now it's expanded into this huge wellness brand. And throughout that journey, I've really wanted to... My, my intention has always been to keep it as real and raw and, and weird as possible because I think a lot of social uh, is, is very curated and is very fake and is very... Look at this perfect business. Look at this person who must be the epitome of health and has no problems. And it just, I really want to be a breath of fresh air in a space that can be really overly curated. And so that's always been my intention. And one of my biggest values is is energy. And so for me, it's, I always say it's very inauthentic to be yourself. Uh, It's very exhausting to be inauthentic. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us think we're burnt out, but in actuality, we're doing what we don't want to do, or we're being who we don't want to be. That's actually what's going on. And so I'm really huge on whatever that is for people living in alignment and figuring out what the heck that is. And we all know what that's like when you're doing what you enjoy, you you feel more alive. You do because that's what you were here to do. And so I try to always just keep it real so people can <laughs> live a life that feels a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, my, my goal now is to really infuse wellness and comedy and personal development in a fun, unique way. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> you do a great job of that. And I love that you really thread in this constant kind of a challenge to always look and it's like, how do I refine where I'm at? How do I make that better? Is there something you, you come back to, whether it's even just like a phrase or, or something where it's, you kind of hold it up as a standard of measure to your life. Like, this is how I evaluate whether or not I am staying true to myself and that I'm moving in a direction that really it amplifies or illuminates like who I really am. Cause I, I think like it can be very confusing, especially if you're, you're blazing your own trail and you're, you know, your own business person, you could take this in any context, honestly, like you could be a mom, you could just be, you know, you could be in school, like not even have a career yet, but you are always faced with choices. You're always faced with different opportunities. And I think that's where people can get so far down the road and then turn around and they're like, how did I, I'm not happy. This is not, but it's like one small decision. It's almost like, how do you, and both of you could probably, you know, speak to this and shed light on it. It's like, how do you know that I'm still holding true to who I am and what I feel like really excites me, what I'm driven to to try and build like something that I get out of bed and have passion for? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I think a lot of it for me has always been coming back to my truth, not what I think other people want me to do. I think it's really easy, especially now with social media and scrolling and things like that. We more so than ever, we're living in a time where we're seeing thousands of other people's lives on a daily basis. That wasn't what life was like even 50 
20, 30 years ago. And so now we are inundated with other people's lives, right? What we think their life is. <laughs> Susie, who has the perfect life in business, <laughs> but really she's got like eight toes, you know, and one of them's weirder than Mike's. Like you really <laughs> don't know what's going on, but we think we know. So subconsciously, I think it really feeds this, this feeling of I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. Oh, they're on a vacation. Why am I not on a vacation? It's this constant feeling of, oh, should I be doing that? Should that be my job? Should that be my career? And so for me, a lot of it is constantly working on tuning out the noise and asking myself, is this what you would do? Because it just makes you feel alive and it makes you feel good. And it makes you feel like this is what you're here to do. Not because you need approval from anyone, you know, and even sometimes that's even family, you know, and same thing with Mike, I want him to do what he loves regardless of, of course, I'll always support him, but it's like, it, it we don't, you know what I mean? You almost want to do it. Be, you want them to do what they want to do so deeply, not because I want it for him. So I think there is this level of a lot of women tell me this, this is the biggest thing they deal with is like, my family doesn't want me to do this career or my, my friends think what I'm doing is stupid. Should, should I go for it? And it's so crazy how many of us are making decisions in life based on what other people want for us. Yet we forget that really the, the one person that we should really be asking is ourselves. So I'm really always working on tuning out the noise to get the answers as a creative or as a business owner, because that's where the answers really are is when you can tune that out and say, what do I really desire? And I think your body, you know, your body will tell you, they always say that your body has the answers, your body keeps the score. And whenever I'm making decisions, you can kind of feel it in your gut and your system. Uh, especially if you're very intuitive and sensitive, you can feel like, oh, wow, this feels expansive. This feels like the next thing I should try or do or pursue, or this feels in alignment, or this feels contractive. This feels lower energy. This feels like this isn't a good idea. And I think that's kind of how I've always made decisions, but yeah, it's hard not to, uh, to do it. And Mike can speak on this. I mean, he was in a career where he got a lot of, uh, a, a approval from external sources as well, where it's like, how do you really balance that between, you know, that that's what they want for me, but what do I want for myself? And it, it's a, it's, it's not, it's not easy. So. Yeah. Mike, what, how, how do you navigate that or how have you navigated that in the past? You know, because you probably had a number of people saying, well, you have one more fight in you, or, you know, let's just get you, you know, your health to this place. And then, and then we'll reevaluate. And you really probably had to stand up for yourself, kind of dig your heels in and say at some point, like, I just know that, that my time is not, this isn't my time, or I don't feel good about this. Yeah. You know, you know, to be honest, I think that, um, looking back now, I actually stayed in it way longer than I should have. I was in way too much pain physically and mentally. And I was more scared of who am I without this identity as an athlete? It's how I received love. It's how I felt like I was good enough. You know, that drug of coming out of a tunnel and there'd be 20,000 people screaming. It was the best feeling in the world. It's an adrenaline rush that you'll never get. You know, two fights before I retired, I broke my rib in the second round of that fight, fight and I went eight more rounds of the broken rib. We got back to the dressing room. I collapsed. They brought me to the hospital and I'm in the hospital till 4 a.m. You know, in those moments, I knew I should have quit. I was just so scared of what, who I am and what would I do afterwards. And honestly, that fear just kind of kept pushing me forward. So I don't have all the answers with this question because unfortunately, I think I stayed in it too long and it caused my body and mind too much pain. I just finally got to a breaking point. I think that being in the hospital and just dealing with significant pain, I finally got to that point to where that pain was enough, a biggest, you know, I always say pain is the greatest catalyst for change that we have, right? So you can either embrace that change or, and you can embrace that pain, or you can decide to, you know, 
not listen to it. And so for me, it got to a point to where that pain was so much for me physically and mentally that it was the catalyst for change for me. So I say that now almost to like give people a warning because I wish someone told me that when I was 17 and 0, 18 and 0, 19 and 0, all those later fights that I probably should have just quit um, when my body and heart and soul were telling me to quit. But, you know, I was operating out of fear instead of listening to that pain. Like, oh, this pain is here for a reason. This pain is a catalyst for change. This pain is pushing me in a direction, right? Like um, it's, it's telling me something and I just wasn't listening. And so now I'm trying to get so much better at listening to pain. When there's things that are causing me distress or pain, or I don't have that alignment, that's like God, the universe, my body. It's, it's telling me that something needs to change and I need to be the reason for that change. So Fortunately and unfortunately, having a relationship with that pain is something that I'm very aware of. And it's something that I've now learned how to interpret, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, it makes perfect sense. That's, I think that's, that's just a part of life too. It's just knowing that there are certain seasons that are going to produce certain pains and trials, but it's what you do with them. It's how you learn to navigate it and how you grow and move forward in it that really determines what the next season of life will look like because what you're what you do now what you do in this season isn't for now it's for something later it's cultivating and growing something in you that will serve you in a different season so i think that i even identifying that what well, you know you stayed in maybe a little too long but again like that's a message that you're sharing with other people too where it's like hey i can actually start to align myself with this and, and realize that disconnect and then maybe not, you know, push myself further down a path when I know that there's an expiration date on that. It doesn't mean that that's the end. It just means that it's the end of that race. And now we're starting something different. Yeah. And I think there shouldn't be so much resistance, right? So, and it's, it's important to understand the difference between hard work and resistance. So like in the beginning of my career, I literally would run on a treadmill and train until I puked. I'd be up at midnight, 2 a.m. training, watching tape. I was obsessed. It's how I became one of the best in the world. I was pure obsessed. So, you know, I did things I didn't want to do, but I was still aligned. There wasn't that resistance. I wanted to get up and train. I wanted to push myself harder and faster. And I I even had that um, same type of mentality with business, right? So because there's alignment. But when you start to deal with pain or resistance, whatever that is, business, relationship, anything, when you feel like that resistance, I think that's a huge indicator. That's you driving down the highway and the pressure light comes on, on on the dashboard, right? And when you feel that resistance, something needs to change. You either need to pull over, you need to change a tire, you need to get in a new car. I don't know what that is for you, but listening to that pain and resistance is massive and understanding the difference between wanting to do something and willing to put in the work versus why am I constantly pulling myself through this? It should be pushing me naturally through this. And that's a massive difference that takes a lot of time and unfortunately a lot of pain to understand. And at least I'm grateful that I had now have that understanding. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I think you totally nailed it in how you just described that, because there is, there is a difference, you know, there is, there, there are growth pains. And then there's also this underlying current of I'm headed in the wrong direction, or this isn't aligned with my mission right now, or in this season. 
And those two can oftentimes not be distinguishable, or you live in in a, a place of emotion where you're just reacting based off of emotion and you're not able to look at something objectively and really then look at this is what I deem as being valuable. This is what my mission is. Does it align? You know, and that can be hard when you're in the moment. I mean, that level of training is so intense, by the way, too. But again, like that's, it speaks to your character and your determination. I think that it it's reflected in your business now today, even with, with soul. And so I'd love to even connect the dot there for you guys, because the heartbeat behind soul has a very personal element to it. And a lot of the physical pain, uh, you know, that you experienced from your, your pro career has been addressed by this particular, uh, health remedy. And we're very familiar with CBD and how incredibly potent and valuable it can be to the body in bringing homeostasis and balance to multiple organ systems, which, you know, there's really not any other plant that has that ability to do it. So can you really, I mean, it is no small undertaking to launch something like that either. So I know that both of you have put in an immense amount of just your, your heart into this. What does it mean? What does soul CBD mean to you that you're able to now share it with other people? It's obviously impacted you and your own healing journey, but that you can now make this available to other people and kind of allow it to just permeate and transform lives beyond just yourself. Yeah, I, I think what separates us is everything we just mentioned before, but our, our foundation, like we care about quality, we care about trust, and we care about efficaciousness. And you can go on any website and those words will be on there, right? But the problem is, it's just not where our industry is. It's not where the nutraceutical industry is. It's not where the CBD industry is because of lack of regulation. Like there was a study done that of the top 100 brands, they found that like 82% of them did not have the exact cannabinoid profile that they claimed on the labels. What that basically is telling us is there's a ton of misinformation. There's a ton of lack of quality, trust, and regulation out there. But for us, it's it was really the foundation of why we started the company, right? Because for me in the beginning, I was getting drug tested by USADA and WADA, and it was incredibly important. My body is my asset. And so for me to pop positive on a drug test or, you know, not have whatever's on the label actually be in the supplement was massively important. And so for us, we didn't start this to make money and build this crazy business. We started this to help people. We started this as something we'd feel comfortable giving our mom, our dad, our friends. And unfortunately, there's so many bad actors in this industry and nutraceuticals in general that you know, we decided to not cut corners. We do double third-party lab testing. We show all of our COAs or certificates of analysis. We go above and beyond. We've lost thousands and thousands of dollars holding back launches because the product wasn't up to par what we wanted. Maybe one of the tests came back uh, away. We didn't like it. And we have discarded product. We have delayed launches. We've done things that have been against us as a business, but have served our community. And that's something, no matter what, I'll be proud of to the day I die. Because when you've gone through pain like I have, you don't want to give people BS. You're tired of it. I've spent more money and time traveling the world trying to help me get out of pain that I'm not going to be giving people something that could hurt them, something that has pesticides, mold, toxicity. So it comes from a place of empathy. 
And unfortunately, a lot of these brands don't come from empathy. They come from uh, dollar signs. And so no matter what, and there are other good brands out there. We're not the only one. I won't, I won't say that, but I just tell people that because I think it's important for them to do their research and understand that there's a lot of BS out there and they need to understand who and where it's being sourced from and what type of company ethos is really behind um, nutraceuticals, CBD, the cannabis industry in general. And as I mentioned, ours comes from empathy, point blank. That's huge. And we say all the time, you know, you get the chance as a consumer to vote with your dollar. And there's really, in my opinion, I feel like if we want quality, we have to start doing a better job of asking questions of where we're spending our money, because that's those are the industries that are going to continue to monopolize, you know, in these areas, especially in the supplement industry, because it's like the wild west. I mean, you know, you can, there's there's not a whole lot of regulation around it, and there can be a lot of promises made on labeling, and things can look great, but behind, you know, and under the hood, it's a different story. And it may even be potentially, like you said, creating more harm than good because we talk a lot on the show about things like heavy metal toxicity and mold, like you talked about. I mean. Like it's unbelievable to me just the the environmental exposures, but then now to think that the supplements or the products you're buying that you think are going to help you detox a little bit more efficiently or help bring more balance to the body could actually be amplifying a fire that's already there, and I, that just blows my mind. So I love that that is so important to you because it was important for your healing journey. You probably wouldn't have experienced the the healing from physical pain without using a super pure product. Angie, how, how has CBD been for you in your just experiencing, you know, different, whether it's like hormonal or whatever type of imbalances, because, you know, Mike had a lot of physical pain. How has CBD improved your own health? Um, or what is it that you find that it's so valuable for that is specific to your needs? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's been, a very different journey, obviously, with pain. You know, a, a huge reason why I started taking it in the first place was anxiety. Just feeling like I have so much anxiety, and my brain was going so fast, and and really wanting to work on that racing brain in a healthy way, and feel like I had a solution that was natural and didn't have to go take anti-anxiety meds. And so for me, that's really what started me on it. And then it wasn't until I was consistently taking it for that and for sleep which then, you know, if you can master your sleep, you can master your, your anxiety and you can feel better the next day and have less anxiety the next day, more focus. So ultimately I was using it for anxiety and sleep. And that's still two of the biggest reasons I use it now. But then I started to incorporate it in for uh, cramps and, and for menstrual cramps as a woman, I've had extremely painful cramps, uh, not every single month, but once in a while. And it's such a weird, odd case. And so for me, really choosing that versus, you know, uh, something else that might, that may have harmful side effects has been really, really awesome. And something that we have explored now and want to explore more as a company. Cause I think there's a lot of women who still don't know that they can use CBD, uh, as, as an alternative for, for painful PMS. And so, yeah, that's really how the three reasons I use it now is for anxiety, sleep, PMS. And then I love our focus caps for, for focus, which is basically, um, an, an atropic. So that's really how I use it now. Um, but yeah, I, I I love that it's now coming out that women can use this instead of mitol for cramps and things like that. So, yeah, there's almost always some homeopathic, you know, herbal or remedy 
that is an alternative to a box of pharmaceuticals or over-the-counter option. But it's just, that's just not what we're accustomed to because that's how we were raised. It was like, okay, we have a headache, you know, take some Tylenol, you know, you, your baby has a fever or they have an ear infection or whatever. Like you, you give them antibiotics. Like those are, we don't, the first inclination is not to look for a specific plant or herbal. We're just not, it's not a part of our culture. That's just, that's the way that the system has been built. And that's the way we've been taught and kind of indoctrinated. So it's really an unlearning, but a trusting that there are other alternatives and those alternatives can be as effective, but it is like finding a needle in a haystack sometimes. Like some people just, they don't, they get overwhelmed by the options that are out there. They feel uninformed as a consumer. So they don't feel confident when they go to make a purchase and they don't even know how to use it. So I think both of you showing that there's different applications and that you can be used on a daily basis you know, it's, it's a great picture to show that one, it's safe. And two, like there's, there's, it's very purpose and intention of using it covers such a wide variety of symptoms. It's, it's not just like this one isolate. What do you think that, you know, most people, or maybe I'll rephrase the question, but what is it that you feel like is the biggest hang up? Like the one thing that's kind of a barrier for people with CBD specifically that keeps them from taking a step of even trying it? Yeah, I I think the industry in general, you know, you talk about the cannabis industry or for us really it's it's hemp derived. Uh, So the hemp industry, it just has a lot of uh, misinformation. Um, There's a lot of stigma around it. You know, all of our products are are zero THC, uh, which, you know, we, we feel like serves the need of our customer base. Um, And obviously the, THC is psychoactive and CBD is no psychoactive element to it. However, I think that most people just don't understand that, you know, initially when we started and even to this day, one of the questions we get is, will CBD get me high? And it kind of tells you where the the market, where the consumer is at. And so for us, it really is all about education. It's important to get on platforms like this and educate people and have them understand um, the safety, the uh, efficacy and, and how to take it and what to take and kind of the difference between that. So once again, it's just kind of like, uh, demystifying and getting rid of that stigma uh, of the industry and understanding that, um, it does not have toxicity. And uh, there's been a lot of studies done on liver toxicity with CBD. And, um, I think that's really important too, that it's low risk, high reward. You talk about Tylenol earlier. I mean, you could run over to CVS, after this interview, go take an entire bottle of Tylenol and overdose. The same cannot be said about CBD. So I I think as we look at low risk, high reward, it's another great option for people to explore. Do you ever see children using CBD or, I mean, there's a number, we see pets, you know, that it can be very helpful for pets. Like what are maybe some other applications of CBD beyond just you know, maybe adult consumption for certain symptoms that they're experiencing. Yeah, we have a pet line too, which is funny. You know, all mammals have an endocannabinoid system. And so um, it works really well on dogs, cats. Um, We have a calm treat, a relief treat. So we've seen dogs and cats respond very well to it. And with kids, obviously we we can't give any medical advice in, in terms of that. And it's a, unfortunately, it's a line that we have to kind of dance around. But I will say a lot of our customers are taking it not only for themselves, but for their kids. And ironically, one of the biggest companies, Charlotte's Web, that 
kind of made noise very early in the space uh, was originated because of uh, a girl named Charlotte who was having uh, epilepsy, having seizures. So it's it's interesting that although legally we can't tell people to give it to their kids, that we're finding that kids that have a lot of anxiety or ADD or ADHD um, are really benefiting from uh, low levels of CBD and um, how CBD kind of got hot and you know well known and more mainstream was. Um, Sanjay Gupta and CNN doing a big profile piece on Charlotte and girls like that who are having, or kids like that, that were having seizures, finding that CBD was helping them go from a hundred seizures a day to like one seizure a day. And it was a very low risk, high reward solution to that. So I hope that's the best way to answer that without kind of dancing around it. Cause unfortunately it becomes a, a tricky subject for me to say, yes, give it to your eight-year-old if he has anxiety or ADHD and you know, I can't say that as not being a, their own doctor, but we have seen it help uh, a lot of kids as well, because kids and animals and, and full grown adults have an endocannabinoid system that um, is affecting so many other systems within the body. Yeah, I, I think you actually answered that question really well. And there are endocannabinoid receptors on every cell. Is that right? Yeah. So what we're seeing is um, CBD affecting the CB1 and CB2 receptor. And what we're doing now is pulling out other cannabinoids. So for instance, in our sleepy gummy, we have uh, CBD, we have melatonin, L-theanine, but we also have CBN, cannabinol, which um, has been a cannabinoid that's been known to help with, with sleep as well on top of that. So it's cool that now we're using different cannabinoids used in the plant. Uh, for a certain pain point because they're affecting receptors in a different way. So from that standpoint, it's, it's awesome because we're not only educating our consumers, but we have some phenomenal doctors and R&D scientists and, you know, food formulation people on the team right now that are helping us expand this product line and, and really learn even more about the hemp plant. Yeah, I feel like we're just kind of scratching the surface of really all that CBD can offer um, because we're seeing different ratios, you know, some of just CBD and different types of CBD. And then you have the THC component, which, you know, for a lot of people can pose some risk or can be very off-putting because there's, there is fear around that psychoactive component. Um, But sometimes in smaller amounts, we're seeing that even being effective when consumed with you know, a profile of CBD at times. So I think that, that, you know, the work you're doing and the message, you know, it's, it's not just a, well, here's something that we know, you know, has all this data. It's like, we have a lot of information, but we're continuing to learn more about it. And I think like plant therapy in general, that's really the case because it hasn't been studied in the depth that a lot of other things have been studied, you know, years before. And now we're looking at plant extracts and, and how different components of these extracts actually influence the body on a cell level. And that's really what's crazy because we've been used to like synthetic isolates in the form of nutrients and high dosing things, but they all have relationships with other nutrients in the body. So one will suppress another and we see those as side effects, but plant nutrients are totally different. And like you said, they get metabolized in the body so quickly, you know, this poison and overdosing mentality or fear that, oh, well, we're going to harm ourselves. Well, we're dealing with biology. We're dealing with something that's real and living and the body knows how to metabolize and break it down a lot better than a synthetic that has been manufactured in a lab 
that has an incredible ability to turn off other things in the body and build toxicity. So uh, I think that that's a really interesting component to realize that what, what you're doing in, in the CBD field is, is not just an end product. It's really a commitment to help further the science on it and help find out what other applications does it have? So I, I'm excited about that. You, you guys have tinctures and like chewables and gummies, right? Is there a difference between the way that they're, I guess, formulated um, in terms of, is it really just a delivery system, like a preference thing? Or do you notice a difference between one over the other? Because I see those on the shelf all the time. And, you know, my kids always prefer gum. I can't buy gummy anything because they will like, they think it's candy. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you can't just clear that out in one sitting. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Either one of you can answer that one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for us, the, the tinctures, which usually, you know, you want to take underneath the tongue are a little more bioavailable. Um, it gets into the blood brain barrier faster. Um, you want to hold it underneath the tongue 30, 60 seconds. The gummies seem to be one of our more favorite products and obviously it gets digested down in the stomach and is also very bioavailable, but does not hit the system as fast. So we find that in terms of efficacy and speed, the tinctures probably have more punch to them, uh, no pun intended. And the gummies uh, tend to take a little more time because it has to digest through your stomach, but still really work well. And I think what's important for people to understand is everybody's so different, right? Especially as we're finding with bioavailability with CBD, there's so many other factors to it. Have you eaten high levels of protein or fat that day? What did you take it with? What was your day like? What other supplements are you taking? There's so many other factors and every single person is unique. And I think we're starting to learn that more and more as people become their own doctors and they start to educate themselves. But it's important with people, especially in the CBD world to, you know, find their right dosage and work their way up and test and do different things. Like for me, I'm taking, you know, probably a hundred milligrams of CBD every single day. I obviously have a lot of pain. I have a lot of issues going, going on from getting beat up for 10 years, but some people do well with 10 milligrams, which is a great kind of starter dose. Some people uh, like to increase to 20, 30, you know, it's just kind of like finding what that right dose is for you. And understanding, especially if there's zero THC in there, that it is low risk, high reward, not to demonize THC. I mean, Angie and I aren't, aren't big smokers. We're, we're not big on the, the THC. I couldn't be with my career. Uh, I do think that there is a lot of benefit to a little bit of THC, especially with, with adults. But yeah, it's just about kind of trial and error and finding what's best for your body. I know for Angie, that's been really important for her is kind of trial and error with different supplements and especially CBD, understanding how much she should take, what she should take. Yeah. So. Yeah. Angie, what are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, and how often are you tweaking kind of your regimen? So we know it's like females, like we have a lot of cycling hormones. We have a lot of different needs that kind of fluctuate and ebb and flow just from the standpoint that, you know, we're built differently hormonally. Um, yeah. So when it comes to CBD or it comes to really any other nutritive or even habit, like a daily, you know, wellness habit, what are you doing or how do you make those shifts so that you're not just stuck in a box where it's like, Nope, I take this vitamin and then I do this Pilates class and then I go to work and then, you know, come home. Like, how are you learning to ebb and flow with your body and make those decisions for your health? I mean, do you have an eight hour podcast for Angie's <laughs> we'll self-care self routine? This is part one of 87. Uh, <laughs> 
this this is my favorite thing in the world. So, you know, I uh, I now this last year or two, I, I, I do what's called cycle syncing. So it's uh, you, you obviously know about this. It's been proven that women's hormones and their brain literally changes based on what part of the, their cycle they're in. And it's really cool because as women, we have this superpower where when we're in ovulation, we are extremely creative. We're extremely energized. We feel alive. We feel just creative. It's literally our creative expression. We're here to literally create life during that, that part of our cycle. And so you feel good. You feel amazing that, that week or that week and a half. Um, and then you start to go into the different phases where obviously during your menstrual, you know, you feel like a potato on the couch and you're depressed and you're wondering if you should just quit everything. But then you look at your app and you're like, okay, in five days, I will not be a crazy person anymore. Okay. (laughs) You're like riding this roller coaster. Like I'm a crazy person. No, I'm the best. I'm a crazy person. And so being kind to yourself, it has been really powerful for me because then I can work with that. So for example, to give you guys the high level. So when uh, you're ovulating, that's when you do the most creative work. That's when you do your podcast. You, that's when you do what's called like output. That's when you do, uh, that's when you're the most social, you do networking, you do things that require a lot of your energy and your creativity. And then the week of your, your menstrual cycle, that's when you are, um, not doing as intensive things. If you can, you aren't pushing yourself to, to overwork. You're not doing hit, hit, uh, training at the gym and lifting. You're doing more yoga and slower paced things. So you're actually moving cyclically, you're cyclically with your body and you're matching your system, which actually helps your hormonal profile and helps your mood because you're not fighting it. You're not like, why can't I do sprints today? Because your body literally doesn't have the, the proper hormones to do that. It doesn't want to do that. It wants to hibernate. So I do a lot of matching my, my lifestyle lightly with, with that work and workouts. I actually did a whole episode on it and women were so fascinated by it because this conversation isn't really being had, but now you, maybe you've interviewed someone on this. It's, it's one of the most powerful things you can do as a woman to optimize your your creativity, your, your productivity, and then health and wellness wise, I adjust my food a little bit. Like I'm going to have more, more or less carbohydrates based on where, where I am and how I'm feeling. Um, and then supplement wise, you know, I'm taking a lot of natural things that help support the female hormones, uh, different teas and herbal stuff leading up to my cycle. We have a product called harmony. That's really awesome. And I take that before my cycle. And then yeah. I mean, gosh, I do so many self-care and all the biohack things, but that's been a big thing. That's really, that's really helped me and supported me. And then CBD, what's great about that is you can kind of use that during obviously any point of, of your cycle as a woman, but I've noticed that I'll take it more leading up or the day of to prevent cramps. So that's when I'm doing the tinctures because they're the most potent. So I'm like drinking that, right. Literally just like, literally we'll take like 15 droppers of the 1500 milligrams. Like I'm just taking like so many and then a few gummies. But if I'm not on my cycle, I'm usually doing a gummy at night for sleep or relaxation. I'm doing the alert caps in the morning for natural focus. So I'm kind of ebbing and flowing with it. And then sometimes I'll take a week off, five days off. Cause I think like any supplement, any nutraceutical cycles and seasons are everything, right? That is the secret to life. It's the secret to, to productivity. It's the secret to your body and absorption. Once in a while, it's good just to take a full week off. Like if, if you can, and, and just let your body reset a bit and then get back on your supplements again. So I'm never on anything forever. I'm always looking at things in, in cycles of whether it's detoxing or it's healing or whatever it is. So um, like melatonin, you know, I, I go three, four weeks. I haven't had any melatonin. And then last night I had our sleepy gummy, loved it. And I might do it now this whole week. So I think everything is just being really intuitive and, and cyclical. And unfortunately we don't live in a world that really supports cyclical intuition when it comes to our health, but that's been something really, really uh, interesting that I've really put into play now. And so that's how I use CBD then. And, you know, I love the gummies. I like the taste, obviously. So it's very enjoyable. It's something I look forward to. I notice my body absorbs the tinctures 
the most. That's when I feel it the most. But then I have friends who are like, oh no, I have to do the gummies. That's when they feel it. They feel one 25 milligram gummy or 10 milligram gummy more than they feel tinctures. Yet I feel the tincture more. So back to what Mike was saying, everybody's body is, is very different with how it absorbs it. So it's fascinating how some people, they pop a gummy and immediately they're feeling this, this sense of calm. And then for some people, they have to be on it for a month or two and it has to build up a bit in their system. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great, that's a great response. And I know. I was like, that's probably a lot, but I feel like the women listening will find that fascinating. Yes. And I know a lot of women right now are very interested in cycle syncing their, their life, matching their life with their cycle. So, <laughs> right. I think, I think you bring and for the men point. listening. So they know that their partner, you know, their wife or their girlfriend isn't crazy. Just ask her, Oh, maybe, maybe you're just crazy this week. And then next <laughs> week she'll be nicer. <laughs> I mean, really everybody benefits from this conversation. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Male, female, young or old. Yeah. You likely have somebody in your house or in your sphere of influence or community that you know what? Your relationship would probably benefit with that person if you knew these things. <laughs> so oh, like, it is. Why? It's the most natural thing in the world. We're these humans walking around and, and it's like, we don't talk about it. And it's like, no, and men too, men, I guess it, they go through like a 24 hour cycle of it. Well, we go through 30 days or something. It's, it's so fascinating. It's it so is. cool. I mean, I, it, it really brings up a, something that's not the stigma because it's all hustle, hustle, grind, grind, like get more done you know, stay up late, like sacrifice everything for the sake of the almighty dollar or building your, your empire, whatever it is. And it's like, why are we dragging our bodies through the mud, you know, for the sake of trying to produce something that we may not even really want at the end of the day anyway. Like, it's just not, it's like, you, you may not even be happy when you get there. And now you've just, you know, burned through everything in your body and depleted so much. So I think that's a great point. I, I love, cycle syncing and understanding if that's something new to you, definitely follow Angie too. Cause I know that you've talked about that and it's, it's an incredible thing to start unpacking on a month to month basis, but it really goes back to Chinese medicine too. We talk a lot about Chinese medicine on the show because that's really the foundation of, you know, a lot of the courses and the content that we bring to people. Cause it's been around for thousands of years and, yeah. and it makes sense because it works, everything works in rhythms. So uh, you know, whether it's seasonal rhythms or yeah. their monthly cycle rhythms, but everything is always in this ebb and flow and ebb and flow. And so the more we can realize that we need to work in harmony with our body and not be just shoving it to run at a hundred miles an hour, 24 seven, that's not the way we're designed. We need to have times of recovery. We need to have times of reflection and times of growth. So I, I think that's awesome. I'm so excited that you actually brought that up. And I know that that will serve so many of the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Oh yeah. Go ahead. No, no. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And it's, it's like, once I learned that it can actually help you with productivity, you're like, oh, okay. So I can utilize this energy right now and then batch create. And then know that the first day of my cycle, I'm, I'm usually really tired just that one day and not being like, what's wrong with me? Am I broke? It's like, no, oh, I'm really tired today. Okay. But tomorrow I've, I know I'll feel better. Like it's like just honoring what it is. It's like winter and summer. It's like, it's like anything. And I used to never think of life like that. And now it's, it's cool to see the, the, uh, appreciation of seasons or, or like anything, right. Ambition has seasons. Every, everything has its, its, its flow and seasons. And I think that, yeah, especially with entrepreneurship, it's the same thing, right. You're going to have times where it's, it's maybe it's a bad month or it's like, it's intense. And then you've got months where you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And so, and it's, it's like, as an entrepreneur, Mike and I talk about this a lot too. Like 
infusing and fun into the company culture and knowing like when can we making sure our employees are, are taking care of themselves and being in it for the long haul. I think if you're in anything for the long haul, it has to have seasons because if not, it fizzles out. So I love that you're passionate about that too. Yeah. What I would love to know, what are, what are you both doing right now in this season to prepare you for something down the road or down the line? What is it that what it could be professional or personal, but something that you're being intentional about now that, you know, is going to help fulfill something later. Um, but it's just, it's not, it's not a tangible yet. Is there something that you're doing just like a regular practice or or a conversation even that you're having, whether it's, you know, both of you together or individually, anything that, you know, would, would be interesting to know about from that entrepreneur mindset of always having kind of that growth mindset of the trajectory of where we're going. What, what do we need to be doing today to get us to that in another season? I think it's important as a leader of a company, or if you're managing people or even just managing your own relationships to constantly kind of check in with people. And I try to do that a lot with my employees and our, just our team in general. Too often things are brought up to your attention for when it's too late and maybe when resentment or anger or fear is built up. So I think it's, it's super important to talk to your team early on and just constantly be checking in with, hey, how's it going? Like, what do you think about this? How can I help? How can I serve you? I think that's massively important for teams, relationships, everything to kind of build in that sense. So you don't wait until it's gotten to that tipping point where people finally feel emboldened to say something, nip it in the bud early and address it really early. I think that's a great way to kind of weather the storm when things do get more difficult instead of just constantly burying it underneath the rug, so to speak. I love that. That's a great point as well. Because a lot of things, we get busy doing a lot of task things and we neglect, you know, looking at the people around us, the people that are supporting us or helping us along our mission. And then before you know it, the wheels are starting to fall off. And it's like, well, where did we go wrong? And it's just because we were so fixated on build, build, build that we weren't sustaining what we already had. And that can really dismantle the progress that we're making. So uh, that's a really important thing to know, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. I mean, if you let your relationship slide through the cracks, you let your kids slide through the cracks, it, it, that can really be said, I think, of so many different facets of our lives. But if you're just so hungry looking for how am I growing and how am I succeeding, and you're not taking care of what's already underneath and already within you know, your hand and really your possession, and you're not a good steward of that, things are going to start to crumble from the bottom. And then when the bottom falls out, all of a sudden, you know, you're very frustrated and looking around thinking, how did this happen? But it's very easy to always have that shiny object syndrome and be looking at, oh, that looks great. And I'm going to run towards that next. So um, I think that that speaks volumes to just your character too. And in knowing that that's a great responsibility to be caring for and nurturing the culture of your business and the people that are, are, are carrying that mission for you. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with, with customers and followers. It's, it's so easy to get into this obsession of wanting more. It's like, once you have 5,000, you want six, then you want 10, then you want a hundred, then you want a hundred, you want 200 it, then you have a million, you want 2 million. It doesn't, I don't think it really, really ever ends. So recognizing what is the goal and then also being excited about the little goals along the way. And then like you said, nurturing what's in front of you and stewarding what's in front of you. I, I think that we do a really good job with this. We have a really high you know, repeat rate when it comes to our, our customers. And 
we respond to them. We ask them questions. We take care of our current customers. And then that's what helps the referral rate be really high because they tell their friends about the great experience. And even with my community, you know, I, I get into seasons where I'm, I obsess about wanting more followers or things like that. That's very natural for an influencer or a creator. But when I come back to why I do what I do and when I realize that that DM is a real person and I voice her back and I, I get back to the humanness of it and really focus on those current amazing women in front of me, it always then naturally grows because it's like me focusing on what really matters versus like, I need one more follower. I need a million more followers. It's like, what about the ones in front of you who are literally asking questions and they're being attentive? You have to water what's in front of you too. So I do, I love that mindset. I think every entrepreneur, it's that constant battle of wanting more money or followers or whatever, but you also need to take care of your current customers because they're, they're the ones in front of you, right? It's like, they're the ones who are, (laughs) are making it happen. So how can you nurture your current customers and keep them happy too? A lot of companies forget that. They're like, once I acquire someone, I'm done. It's like, no, now you got to maintain the relationship with them too and keep them as repeat customers. So that that's a whole other part of marketing. So yeah, we really focus on that. Like, how do we give love to our, our current customers? There's so many amazing people. Like, how do we show them love versus trying to always acquire a new one? So, yep. Great point. I think that is... A- it's a huge miss for a lot of companies because it is, it's just a lot of growth up and to the right, up and to the right all the time. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you know, it's not always about that. And that's where you see the house of cards really fall in my opinion. So the companies that really stand the test of time are the ones that, you know, they have growth, they have projects that come out, but then there's seasons where they're, you know, they're just keeping up and stewarding and building infrastructure where they need to, in order to experience growth in a later season, you can't just be constantly cranking and churning. I mean, maybe in a very, very small bucket or category that's possible, but for Mm -hmm. companies where they're being held, you know, close to home, where you've got people that are owning and running the business that really want the integrity of the product and the mission to stand very true. And and for that to be an anchor piece to the business, like you can't force that growth all the time. You just can't. Otherwise you lose control way too fast. And now all of a sudden there's a a lot of mismanagement and that gets reflected in the product as well. So, um, well, I'm so excited. I'm, it's so cool with both of you because I, you bring something so unique. It's like you bring this business and entrepreneur element. And we have a lot of listeners that want to get into the health space and they're excited about opportunity because they see people like you doing it. You know, it's not like there was some school of CBD that, you know, you just like got your master's in and you built the business. It was like, no, we, we just, we know we're passionate about this. It's changing our lives. And we're also hungry business owners. And we want to be able to, to create infrastructure around this where it's tangible. It's something that people can access and then you're nurturing people and you're training people. And that mission is, that's like a whole other commitment too, is that commitment to educating people. So um, I would love if you would share with our guests where they can find you, where they can find soul, how they can follow your journey. Because for those of you that are listening that want to experience that, you're like, man, I'm excited about health and wellness. And I feel like I want to dip my toe in the pond, but I'm scared and I don't know how. I think that you guys bring so much value in just the way that you live and run your business and your life. And I would love for people to be able to connect with that. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. You guys can check us out on Instagram at Angie Lee show at official Mike Lee, and then at my soul CBD. And then 
mysoulcbd.com. We are soon just going to be soul and or soul wellness. So we were, we're really growing beyond this little CBD baby that, that we created, which is really exciting. So yeah, you guys can come check us out on our website, on social, send us a DM. We'd love to answer your questions. I'm always in there chat with people answering any question from, you know, should you do butt sunning? What flavor gummy do you want? What cold plunge do you need? You know, I'm, I'm here for all the weird questions that you have <laughs> on anything health and wellness. So, and then if you want to DM Mike and ask for a picture of his weird toe, he will send it to you. <laughs> we have a, we have an actual commitment of that now, Mike's so it's documented. Yeah. I'll give you that in a code, a code for soul. <laughs> You may just want to create its own reel or something so we yeah. can just, we can all experience it. I will. It's my goal in life to embarrass him as much as possible. That's, that's what I'm here to do. So I will, next time I see him, I will get that. <laughs> that's the, that's probably the secret to success right there. It's like the embarrassment component. So many people are missing that. <laughs> it is. We always talk about that. We are like, success is for those who are willing to embarrass themselves. And there's some quote, there's a bunch of quotes like that. It's like, there were so many moments where I'm sure Mike, even as the CEO, is you know awkward phone calls or trying this and this didn't work. And like he said, losing money. And like, there's been so many ups and downs of this in, in a short few years. And a lot of that required being willing to embarrass yourself out loud or in public in a sense when people are watching. But you realize it's never really as embarrassing to to others as it is to yourself. Um, and people actually admire that. So we we hope to always just keep it really fun and transparent for you guys following because um, yeah. That's, that's the only way to do business now, I feel like, so. It is. Well, I enjoy so much of the entertainment that's provided through your social channels. <laughs> so if you're not following, make sure you are following them and their journey because they will no doubt leave you laughing hysterically and truthfully inspiring you because I am just, I, I feel like you make something that seems so intimidating, like starting a business or running with a vision something that seems like it's just, it's so far out there and you just own it. You claim it. You're like, no, that's mine. And you know, I'm, I'm here to carry out something incredible. And I believe that there's a great assignment on my life and you do it so well and you do it with such joy. So mm. I think there's so much weight and pressure around it. It just seems like the joy gets lost, but you oh. both embody so much joy and excitement. And I love what you're doing to transform the health space too, because we need more people like you that are just committed to changing people's lives through plants and through herbals and through things that have been given to us on the earth and really prioritizing the integrity of that. So thank you so much for having this conversation, for just having fun being yourselves like you always do. And I know that people will love connecting with you and your products and your mission. And uh, we're just here on the sidelines cheering for you because I know Aww. you've got incredible things in front of you that are to come. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. You're we really so appreciate sweet. that. Yeah. <laughs> 